Chapter 14 The Lost Victory Now Jerom, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria, the eighteenth year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judea, and reigned twelve years. And he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like his father and like his mother, for he put away the image of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he cleaved unto the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which made Israel to sin, and he departed not therefrom. The Mesa, king of Moab, was a sheepmaster, and rendered unto the king of Israel a hundred thousand lambs, and a hundred thousand rams with the wool. But it came to pass, when Ahab was dead, that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. And king Jerom went out of Samaria the same time and numbered all Israel. He went and sent to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judea, saying, The king of Moab hath rebelled against me. Wilt thou go with me against Moab to battle? And he said, I will go up. I am as thou art, my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. And he said, Which way shall we go up? And he answered, The way through the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judea, and the king of Edom, and they fetched a compass of seven days' journey. And there was no water for the host, and for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, that the Lord hath called these kings together to deliver them unto the hands of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elijah, the son of Sabbath, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And Elijah said unto the king of Israel, What have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father, and to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord hath called these kings together to deliver them unto the hands of Moab. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat the king of Judea, I would not look toward thee, nor see thee. But now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass, when the minstrel played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, Ye shall not see wind, and neither shall ye see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water that ye may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. But this is a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also unto your hand. And ye shall smite every fenced city, and every choice city, and shall fell every good tree, and stop all wells of water, 
and mar every good piece of land with stones. And it came to pass in the morning, when the meat offering was offered, that, behold, there came water by the way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. And when all the Moabites heard the kings were come up to fight against them, they gathered that all were able to put on armor and upward and stood on the border. And they rose up early in the morning, and the sun shone upon the water. And the Moabites saw the water on the other side as red as blood. And they said, This is blood. The kings are surely slain. And they have smitten one another. Now, therefore, Moab, to the spoil. And when they came up to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose up and smote the Moabites, so that they fled before them. But they went forward, smiting the Moabites, even in their country. And they beat down the cities, and on every good piece of land cast every man his stone, and filled it. And they stopped all the wells of water, and felled all the good trees, and only in Kurahasseth left they the stones thereof. How be it, the slingers went about it and smote it. And when the king of Moab saw the battle was too sore for him, he took with him seven hundred men that drew swords to break through even unto the king of Eden, but they could not. Then he took his eldest son, that should have reigned in his stead, and offered him for a burnt offering upon the wall. And there was great indignation against Israel, and they departed from him and returned to their own land. Second Kings chapter 3, verse 1-27 through 27. The death of King Ahab led to the revolt of Moab. Azahad Ahab's eldest son died after his fall through the lattice, and his brother, Jeroram, succeeded him. Jeroram abolished the Baal images where his father had ordered to be made. But he did not at the same time abolish the calf cult brought in by Jeroboam I. He thus struck at a newer form of syncretism, and left untouched the older and more popular form of it. To aid him in this war, Jeroboam summoned his ally Jehoshaphat, king of Judea, who brought along another ally, the king of Edom. The armies marched through the arid era. They were soon without water for themselves and for the herds of cattle that brought along for food. There was thus some danger that the weakened armies would fall prey to Moab. At this point, Jehoshaphat asked that the prophet be consulted, and it was discovered that Elijah had accompanied the armies. Elijah agreed to speak only because of Jehoshaphat's presence. Now, in normal warfare, no systematic destruction was permitted, as Deuteronomy Chapter 20, verse 19 through 20, makes very clear. Here, Elisha demands it, indicating that Moab is under God's ban. God would also provide water. And all the dry pools were suddenly filled 
Apparently a result of storm at higher elevation in the mountains. I myself have seen water suddenly appear on a clear day in a mountain country. This occurred at an hour of the daily sacrifice in the temple at Jerusalem. A fact not lost upon either Judea or Israel. Moreover, the waters, when they appeared, took on a red color, no doubt from the red sands through which they flowed. Moabites, seeing this early morning sun, allowed their hopes to father their opinions and concluded the three armies had broken with one another and engaged in combat. This was a believable conclusion, given the rivalries, the presence of intense grin prophet Elisha, Military intelligence has never been lacking in history. Elijah's presence was perhaps known, and certainly the hostility of Israel's dynasty to Elijah and Elisha, as well as the friendliness of Jehoshaphat, was common knowledge. As a result, the Moabites left their capital, Kerharsheth, to wipe up the invading forces. This was a serious error. The capital was at a strategic and easily defended location, very able to withstand a long siege. The Crusaders later built a castle at Carrick, which it is now called, and it was only captured after a year-long siege that was accompanied by famine. Moab thus suffered a disastrous defeat. The king of Moab responded, in this desperate crisis, by sacrificing his eldest son on the wall to their god, Chemosh. It was a practice common to several nations, especially Phoenicians. In Israel, we have a related act of human sacrifice by Japhatheth, of his daughter. Judges 11, verse 29 through 40. And later, a similar one by Azaz, king of Judah, of his son, 2 Kings, chapter 16, verse 3. Micah makes a reference to this practice of epitomizing the falseness of certain approaches to God in, quote, Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, and the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? End quote. Micah, chapter 6, verse 7. The King James Version then reads, and there was great indignation against Israel, and they departed from him and returned to their own land. The New English Bible renders it thus. The Israelites were filled with such consternation at his sight that they struck camp and returned to their own land. The meaning is not clear except for this, great indignation or great wrath. According to C.J. Ball, it is a phrase which, quote, always denotes a visitation of divine wrath. Comparing also Second Chronicles chapter eighteen verse ten, chapter twenty four verse eighteen. End quote. Quote, and he believed that with the sacrifice the Moabites attacked and threw back the invaders. End quote. What are we to conclude? With the persevering and prospering favor of God was manifested by the coming of the waters at a time of the morning sacrifice? See 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 36. Moab was placed under ban to be destroyed. Now the victory over Moab is abandoned. Given the synchristic mentality of 
Israel, it is more than likely and almost certain that this act of human sacrifice had a profound effect upon them. An equal, if not greater, effect than God's providential miracles on their behalf. When and where we are more afraid of man than of the Lord, and more awed by the acts of man than the act of God, then and there we incur God's wrath and indignation. Men readily believe in the efficacy and the power of man's acts. Man's acts are deliberately public. Human sacrifice was made, not in an inner temple or an altar, but on the walls before an invading army. Men work before an audience, while the Lord works in terms of his own secret counsel and way. Israel lost a victory handed to it by the Lord because Israel believed more in the powers of man's acts than the power of God. Men today still lose victories given to them by the Lord because they move in the fear of man.